0: Welcome to episode 13 of The Alternative Podcast to our uh, 30 subscribers. Um, Yeah, so here we are. If you're new to the channel, don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. Here we are. I think our first topic of discussion today is going to be um, Rishi Sunak. He's a new PM in the UK. Uh, After Liz Truss spent Six weeks, Britain's shortest ever Prime Minister. Is it six weeks, forty-four days? Which, yeah, you know, it's a bit of a bit of a shambles uh of an appointment, I think, by the Tory party. Um but what are your thoughts on Richie Samatkamp? Um mixed opinions. <laughs> um yeah, just on
1: Liz Trust as well as she got out out by the letters, which was quite funny.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> I remember, because um, I, I didn't even know what this lettuce thing was about, and then when she uh, resigned as Prime Minister, came up, like, I, everyone started saying, oh, shoot, the lettuce lasted longer than that." So I, I just had a quick look on YouTube, because I thought there'd probably be a video of this like somewhere. <laughs> and then it was like having a party, I had like bottles of champagne around it, with <laughs> over like carrots and bananas and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's a proper
1: British thing to do that. Yeah. I that was all
0: funny.
1: Um, but yeah, but R- Rishi Sunak, I'm definitely, okay, I get it. It's good that he's the first person of colour to be Prime Minister. I think he's 42, he's the youngest there's ever been. Um. He's young. He's coloured. It's all very breaking all the records or whatnot. But he's twice as rich as King Charles. He's married into a family who's richer than uh, most people. He's one of the richest men in England. I think his wife's father, his father-in-law is. And. In England or India? In India. Yeah. Yeah. That's England. Yeah, I meant India. So there's a few things. And then obviously he's in the, the world economic forum there's a few things pointing to uh the global he's a global elite and he's in power of england and he's trying to push the digital currency to make sure and it will be centralized right so he's yeah, gonna make sure we're all, cbdc fully controlled so they can monitor everything work buying and how we're spending and it's all like we've said on a number of podcasts now, it's all pointing to this same direction of the global elites takeover. I even feel like um Liz Truss was always going to be sort of a temporary measure to get Rishi in, a route to get Rishi in, because obviously the people didn't vote for Rishi.
0: He's... <laughs> what? what? The people of the UK.
1: Yeah, there's not been a vote for the Prime yeah. Minister. For all
0: Rishi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well Boris, yeah.
1: But he's kind of uh, snuck his way in, in a way.
0: Yeah, he was like a uh, um, Prime Minister by default. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. And it makes you think. They couldn't have just gone from Boris straight to Rishi because too many questions would have been asked in all sorts of different aspects of it, but to have Liz trust there and let her slowly break the economy, break the British economy to such a point where they can get them put Rishi in and he says, look, the only way we're going to fix this is by having a full digital currency.
0: Yeah, well, the pound has already increased to the level it was before uh Liz Truss announced those um the mini mini budget. Um but I I was thinking along the same lines as if they got Liz in to as like somebody just to fuck show up for a couple of weeks, then get Rishi in as like a saviour and hopefully that will win the people over. Um, sort of like he was classed as a bit of a saviour during the pandemic because he, he announced the farewell package Um everyone sort of felt secure and safe within there. It's only after the um, pandemic, this the public perception started to change. I think Wendy found out what his uh, in-laws did, who is in laws are not what it did. Um, and yeah, now he's in power, definitely he's going to be pushing for this centralized digital currency. Um, so we will be seeing probably seeing a social credit system in the UK within the next three to five years. I'd say <laughs> three to five weeks. Now, I, I don't think they'll bring. Social crediting as like as soon as the digital currency comes in, I think they'll convince everyone to use the digital currency first, then start bringing out uh, these measures as if it's a, uh, there'll be some big thing that's happened, and they have to bring these measures in, and they' are gonna control those measures through the digital currency,
1: yeah, 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 well, we'll watch it play out it. in front of us right now though.
0: Know. yeah watching the beginnings of this um like the pandemic was probably the start to sort of crash the pound and other countries just printing money for fun crashing all these western currencies um so how, sort of- how far off do you reckon we are by saying
1: because uh, king charles is part of the world economic forum as soon as the queen passes this just like spiraled all of the political problems within England, sort of took like a turn for the worst. I know they were going bad anyway, and it was getting bad and worse and worse. But as soon as she passes, Mister Charles gets invo- King Charles gets power, and now we've got a World Economic Forum leader as a king, and now we've got a World Economic Forum uh, hmm.
0: member. Well, Liz Truss was a WEF member as well. I think Boris. I think to find a leader these days is hard to come by if not already in the World Economic Forum, especially Western leaders. So that's why I think any leader that comes into power, whether it's a Tory leader or a um Labour leader, like Keir Starmer's in the World Economic Forum, it's all going to be the same sort of agenda. They're all following the same guidelines. So Yeah,
1: but the people within the World Economic Forum play a different role, depending on who they are and what, how much money they've got and how much power they've got. And Rishi seems like he's going to be up there.
0: Yeah, near the the cream. Yeah. Mm. Well, out of everybody who could have been Prime Minister or has been Prime Minister, he's probably the closest to the global elites then anybody could like, could really want, nobody wants uh, an elite running the country, really. But I can't, I don't know, I just feel like there's nothing, the government, I've got a lot of power and control at the moment and it's, Easy for them to win over the population by doing a few nice things, but then something bad happens, and then they take all the take even more powers away from the people. Um, I don't think anybody in government really is in it for the people that seem to be in it for themselves or in it for their mates,
1: yeah, for their community that they've built. So what do you reckon, Rishi? Sunak's going to be doing some drastic things while this comes in, because obviously you've got stuff like um, certain debts that people are in. Do you reckon you'll start seeing him wiping certain debts,
0: or debts? What do you mean by debts?
1: Well, there's a big thing about student loan debt and whether or not that can get wiped. Would you see him doing something that drastic?
0: Hmm. No, because it'll cost the government too much money. So, one thing I think, he'll keep everything stable until this digital currency is ready.
1: Yeah, what do you think is playing into the digital currency then? I can't, I don't understand, well, I get it, I don't understand how that change can be made.
0: Yeah, I've not really, I'm, I'm. this is what I've been trying to think about today, actually, and I can't really figure out. How it's going to go into that? Like the only way I can see them be getting people to adopt it is by saying something like, "If you pay for your utility bills in the central bank digital currency, I don't know what it's going to be called. I think it's already like pretty much set up, but I don't know what it's called. Is it um, going to be called
1: Brickcoin?" I, I, have someone just taken the piss? Because I heard someone talking about Britcoin.
0: I don't think you're calling it. <laughs> They're probably called it a little bit more formal. It is a coin. Britcoin.
1: Yeah. So it says Britcoin was a cryptocurrency that launched and based in the United Kingdom. Traded initially on the inter renamed Britcoin exchange Sango. That's true, because it changed British pounds for coins.
0: I think the US one's called USDC.
1: Yeah, it's the Bank of England that are going to be running this. And they wouldn't the
0: no, running Brit- its own Britcoin. So they want to release their own.
1: Is he, is he not using the Bank of England to run this?
0: Yeah. Maybe it is called... I don't know. I don't think it is. Just type in um, UK digital currency. I don't
2: think they've got a name for it.
0: CBDC means central bank digital currency. But I know the US have theirs. It's called USDC. Which sounds like about right. Like it's like USD, but with see at the end. Sounds like a your mic's off.
1: Oh yeah, sorry. I was talking then as well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, CBDC. No, it does sound like it's going to happen very soon. Everything's pointing in that direction.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, the the only way I can see them adopting it is by saying, I don't think I finished my point before. um, If they say, oh, you pay for your utility bills using this new currency that we've got. I a question, right, we'll subsidise it by like 30% or something. Yeah. Which makes yeah. sense, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what they'll just do with everything is like, you'll get to a point where you can go and buy something and it'll be like, you've got this price or this price for everything. And yeah, we'll never cross over time. Yeah. Everyone will start being like, well, fuck, paying, like you just said, 30% more. Yeah, everyone wants the discount, and plus everyone's going to be. They'll start with the lowest, lowest sort of working class first to get them all onto it because they're the ones gonna save the money, and then once they're on it, then they'll probably do something else to get the middle class on, and then.
0: Yeah, well, once the mid like say over fifty percent, sixty percent people are on it, then you'll start seeing like Starbucks, McDonald's. We've already gone cashless, so they're all prepped for it. They'll just say, all right, we don't accept uh, sterling anymore. We just accept the new uh, digital currency, but then people won't be able to shop wherever they want. And then say it, that increases everybody by up to 80%, then utilities companies as well. Now we don't accept sterling anymore. Just this new currency and then everyone's in it really. Pretty yeah,
1: much. they don't have to force us into it. Yeah. And it will work as well, because what's everyone going to do? Like We're relying on so many of them companies for just our day-to-day life that they're just going to force us into this, back us into a corner.
0: Yeah. And that's, they could easily do that just by utility companies switching to this new currency. Mm.
1: Yeah, they could actually do it very, very soon. what did you want to talk about about these oil protests oh yeah oh yeah
0: so with rishi as well he seems like on a positive note he's been looking into renewables and making the uk energy independent which i think is like a is a good thing because if things like russia ukraine ever happen again it's it was at the moment but it's probably going to take about 10 years to make the maybe longer to make the UK like energy, just like self-reliant for energy for themselves. Um So yeah, he's talking about nu- nuclear power and stuff, which I think is good, but
2: we'll see how that goes because
0: I don't think he, I think he's more of a globalist than a national monster sort of protect the nation, he'd rather be intertwined with the world and the WF gang and whoever owns.
1: Yeah, just it's dependent on which countries you're on about because obviously they don't want to work with Russia. So yeah, it just depends on which companies, which countries they want to work with. Because a US owned a gas pipeline that's in Poland, right?
0: No, I'm not 100% sure. I think they do.
1: So it would just be sort of putting in plans, I'm just assuming he'll be putting plans in place to take the power out of the certain countries that he doesn't want, the globals don't want.
0: Yeah. And you can sort of see the world being split into two. You've got like the Western world WEF gang and you've got <clears throat> the BRICS nations. So like um, Brazil, China, Russia, India, um, I think Saudi Arabia had been added onto it as well. Uh so obviously Russia and Saudi Arabia are massive in the energy game. Uh so they so if the WF countries can solve solidify their energy and get that working within themselves, then they don't need to be relying on these BRICS nations anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, to take it all away. And then, yeah, it's clear that you say that it'd be um, split into two because that looks like it's the way it's been for a while. It's not been split into two as such, but it's been us and them. Um, so it'll only be a matter of time before China and Russia start linking up together China, Russia, and India. Uh, maybe even like North Korea might at
0: some point. They can't stand alone. Like, yeah, well North Korea have like strong ties with China. That's why US have never gone into North Korea. Or like tries to do anything with them because they know China won't be happy about it. But then there's um there's talks of China preparing to put boots on the ground in Taiwan.
1: Yeah, I've heard I've seen um
0: a bit about that. Which that would be at a time where the West is very Uh, the west is very vulnerable at the moment so but i think china is quite vulnerable too and maybe
1: i feel like the whole world is quite vulnerable at the moment and do you not feel like i don't know how to explain this properly but do you not feel like the world's in some sort of like a stalemate at the moment where someone needs to do something but it will be crazy if they were to do something because what's happening with the West and the global elites and the rich are getting richer and more powerful and more powerful. These other countries can't just sit back and watch, even if, for example, if China is vulnerable, like they are at the moment, they can't just sit back and let it happen. They need to do something.
0: Yeah, and I think they would risk their people going through struggle to ensure their dominance in the world, whereas The West is a little bit different, whereas in they, I feel like I don't know. I feel like they wouldn't want their people to struggle as much as China would. I feel they'll just throw their people under the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But even though the West is like, is it, I don't know, it's a bit, it's a proper mess at the moment.
1: you get what I mean though, by stalemate? It just feels like everything's just
0: a bit... We're in a a massive transition period. And there's going to be massive change like this next decade. The world's going to change, like it's either going to change for the good or change for the bad. Yeah.
1: You say change for the good or change for the bad. The only two things I can vividly see happening is either the global elites become successful and then gain control over the civilians of the west or they go into a war which turns out to be a massive disaster and i guess it's just sort of riding on
0: it's having a change for the battle
1: for the bottle
2: <laughs> yeah
0: there's
1: like <laughs> what do you call it but there's no Nothing that's happening is good. You We can't, like, we're getting these people in charge. Like, imagine, what, say, I want to say 50 years ago, it might be a bit longer, maybe about seventy eighty years ago. You get a new prime minister in, everyone's thought process is a lot different than now. It's like, right, so we just got some rich motherfucker in to run the country. We can't believe shit he says. It's so weird that, like, at the moment, when we watch them on TV, we just know that they're just completely lying and chatting shit. Well, it's just sort of accepted by everyone because that's just the way it is. That's so fucked and that's just the way it is that we watch them on TV, even when they're running, they're saying they're promising all the, all the good they're gonna do, and then we know when they come in power, they're not even gonna do like they don't do anything. It.
0: It's true, like we're in a position where you don't believe any of your leaders. I have no faith in the leadership of your country or any other. I don't have any faith in any leaders. I can't see any leaders in the world that I would put my faith in. Yeah. And then it's sort of like
1: this control when someone gets in control of a country and becomes a leader, it's quite obvious that the power goes to the head. So, what's the alternative? It's another structure that needs to be set up.
0: Yeah. Whereas like, I think Russell Brand is like calling for more like localized leaders. So you have, I don't know how he's. I feel like what Russell Brand needs to do is like just do like a 20, 30 minute podcast where he talks about how he would have a system in place. Because he talks about like local communities and having local, um, like, localised leaders, but I can't see how it would work. Maybe a similar system to what the US have with their states, but we're quite a small country where
2: was small, but quite powerful. I don't know if people need
0: to be organized like that in this country, though, but maybe they do. Do
1: you think it works for the States though? Even in this? Well, they need to do it because of them. But
0: it sort of does because you're, you're seeing people like during COVID, they had enough of the regulation in California, so they moved to Texas and Florida where the regulations were different. You've got the option to like, if you want to be in that bubble where it's like extra progressive and they're pushing these certain ideologies on everybody, but everyone agrees with those ideologies and like fair enough, go, go and live there. But if you want to live in Florida, for example, where they don't push this ideologies and they keep quite a conservative stance on things, then people can just go and move there and live there.
2: I like give people
1: the option. Yeah, but then yeah, the, the UK is definitely not big enough. I don't know, if something like that. We do have population here though.
2: 61, 65 million. Two in the boroughs. Yeah, just London has boroughs there. What's it like? Counties. Counties. Yeah, that, see that, that could
0: work in a county, I guess, if the county's had their own. Like you've got your actual like in America, it's like federal laws, isn't it? Which are what the government set up, and every every state has to follow those federal laws. But then you also give the states power to. Choose their own laws around
1: certain things yeah. yeah, 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 like the gun laws or the drugs like laws on drugs yeah, they're all different right yeah um, that article that I sent that alternatives to capitalism, proposals for a democratic economy, I think I've only read one or two pages of it, but I think in there they go over what you're saying about what Russell Brand wants um smaller communities by local government governance so that will probably be a good read to broaden our ideas around what else there could be because we're only seeing what we know and what we know we're not liking
0: (laughs) yeah we know it's not working
1: yeah so we do need to look at these alternatives
0: that's what kind of made you think like we're in a period of change because we're coming to the end of what we've known so far as our lives as being a society. And society is always changing. So like, society
2: has been managed this way since like, after World War Two. So what's that, eight years? Yeah, 40s, yeah.
1: Eight, nine years. Yeah, so eight, Things can change at any point. So we could run a new system next week and it might only last two, three years before it needs to change. But I think as technology advances and just humans evolve in a sense, then change is required.
0: I remember reading something when I was at uni and it said, and it was like, um, society runs in cycles. So every hundred years there's a big war. And then after a war, everything like resets again, and then it starts again, then you're on another cycle.
1: Yeah, was that new year the a classical teacher?
0: I feel, I feel like I've been taught that in education as well. I don't think I got taught it at high school. I think I remember reading it. I remember thinking, there's, there's no war on there or anything at the time, I was thinking, no, like Surely there's not going to be a World War Three because it just the world would sort of. And now we're in the twenties, like a hundred years, there mm-hmm. and thereabouts, to uh, the start of World War Two.
1: Yeah, coming up to a hundred years, yeah.
0: And we're in the first war since World War Two to hit like European. Is it the first world war? World war... Uh, first war since to World War Two in Europe. In Europe. Uh,
1: should we have a Google? Yeah, there was a Greek civil war. And the Northern Ireland conflict.
2: These are a war on the scale. Yeah, maybe like a territorial war then. Northern Ireland was, weren't it?
0: Between two nations. It was not just Ireland before and then after that, it got split into two. Northern Ireland because that was more I think it's a religious war. Yeah. I'm not too clued up on me, uh, uh that war but I think it was a religious one between Catholics and Procedent pros, pros, I can't say it procedent. it was the
1: Cold War in 1948 between United and Soviet Union United States sorry Soviet Union
0: yeah but they didn't actually fight each other did they
1: I don't really know what happened properly in that war. They didn't go to war as such, did they?
0: I think it was just like kicking off of each other, tensing tensing the guns and that's it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so maybe we are due we, a uh... Well then World War One and then World War Two weren't that long in between them.
0: What is it? Was it? Yeah, but I think they were like pretty much the same war yeah 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 just
1: that, yeah. like if world war
0: one didn't happen world war two wouldn't have happened yeah, yeah 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 yeah
1: um what is it that quote that bill gates says the panty um he says i don't know what world war three will be fought with but i know world war world war four will be fought with sticks and stones yeah that's it it's crazy that in it It's mad. Wars are mad. Yeah, but it's like ingrained in the human nature, in it, to for war. That's what that book tribe was talking about. Like it's part of part of humans, yeah. Humans to have war because it's a part of you see it in animals. You see it definitely if you look at um like monkey civilizations
0: or chimps. But I think some level of suffering for humans makes them. Makes humans better people. Or makes them stronger. Makes them stronger and makes them better as well. Makes them respect the finer things in life, respect people around them. Whereas at the minute, we're in like a society that's never, especially in the Western world, not really struggled much. We've had food and a roof over our heads, majority of us anyway, like so easily where there's not been that level of struggle that previous generations have had.
1: Yeah, I think we've spoken about that before as well, where our first level of the hierarchy of needs are near enough sorted for us. So we sort of fast track up the hierarchy of needs and we feel like, because our first ones are met so easily that it doesn't actually exist as a need because they've always been there. We've never needed them, we've always had them.
0: Yeah. You take it for granted. Yeah, that's
1: it. Yeah, the gratitude for them.
0: Um. So. Yeah. Well, I think you asked me about the uh, just that Oil.
1: Yeah, yeah, I want to talk about that because I don't properly know it inside and out, but it's funny.
0: Yeah. Well, I've I've not like fully read up or researched it, but I've seen like bits of it, and I thought I'd just do a bit of like digging to see what the crackers. Basically, I saw I watched this video and she like glued herself to uh, Van Gogh, or well, two of them glued themselves to Van Gogh painting. Was
1: it after they chucked the mashed potato
0: on it? Yeah, I, I, it might have been Van Gogh or it might have been, um, who's the other artist? Begins with M, um, Monet. It's one of those paintings, but on this video, she was, she was like screaming, saying, like, um, there's people starving we've got food shortages we've we've got energy crisis, people at home are freezing and then she was then she started going on about stop using fossil fuels, and I was thinking like sort of goes against your argument a bit if you're saying people are at home freezing, and you tell people stop using fossil fuels when renewables aren't at a point where they can be in like. Well, she's
1: contradicting herself from the start when she's saying people are starving and then she's chucking food at of fucking...
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: wasting food.
0: I forgot who it was. Someone was commentating over it. I forgot it was. I think it might have been redacted.
1: But what she... Oh, I've not watched redacted for a while, but what, what she was um saying was um in 50 years' time, these paintings aren't going to matter if there's no worth. But... I don't know, I just, I get what they're trying to do. I get uh, it's something serious that he's doing, but um, definitely with the ones where they sit across the M25 or whatever, the motorway, that, they, these protests aren't, I don't know. I mean, they're getting everyone talking about it, but uh, people are more and more normal people are hating them for it. And they're thinking that this whole regime of climate change is actually, like for crazy people, because these are going doing it in such a crazy manner. One of them I saw, was it Porsche? I think it was Porsche. They glued themselves to the Porsche showroom and then the people at work there were like, right, whatever, and then just turned the lights off and closed, locked up, yeah.
0: and they were <laughs> glued to the Turn the heating off and stuff as well. I think that's the best way to deal with this kind of stuff.
1: They, they, um, it, it, um, to me, it sort of uh shows what this woke culture is, because they're then people, then woke activists, um, and it shows how fucking crazy they are. Yeah. And they're just not. I don't know. They're just not going about it in the right
0: place, in the right way. It's like the the same people are like starving and people can't afford to pay the bills, but then there's sat in the middle of the road, stopping people from going to work to pay the bills. So ambulances,
1: they're trying to fight too many things. Like they're fighting everything, climate change, fucking food shortages. Yeah. Inflation all that shit. I don't know. It's just not the right way to do it, is it? It's just,
0: Make, then they're not really proposing any sort of solution. Solution. They're just no. making a fuss about. Everyone knows about climate change. Everyone's been taught about climate change. Climate change has been sort of thrown down. Everyone's thrown down everyone's necks in yeah. the um for the past. Don't know. Since I've been growing up anyway, we, we, I've always learned about climate change at school. Like everyone knows about it. So what are you making people aware of? Something that everyone already knows about.
1: Well, they're making people aware of a problem, right? Yeah, like you said, that everyone knows about, but that's the best thing that you've said is they're encountering a problem by making another problem rather than like, pushing out a solution. If they, were, if they had a solution and they were like, right, we sitting across the road, we're not moving until this solution gets put in, but there is no solution because why, we would fucking
0: be doing a solution, right now, if, if there was a solution. But I think their argument as well is that the oil companies don't want the solution.
1: Yeah. Cause they make profit in way too much money.
0: But they should do something
1: bigger, like, you know, not to the average Joe who's trying to get to work. The average plumber builder is trying to go to work because
0: they get paid by a job that they do. Well, for example, I think if you disagree with something, find a solution, don't I know the, taking on the oil company is massive, but if there's nothing out there who support the the idea, then try and do something about it. Get some engineers who are going to build like renewable places and privately set up a company to sort of fix the issue. But they're not really doing that. They're just making every, every everyday people's lives harder. Making a bigger problem than what needs to be is turning people sort of the wrong way.
1: You're turning them against them. They're fighting fire with fire, so...
0: Yeah, it's like, for example, like Ben Shapiro, he's... I know these activists won't like him, but he's against sort of this, like, woke ideology. So what's he doing? He's not going out there, like, protesting and arguing with him. He's set up another media company that are making movies that have more conservative values than what Hollywood are putting out. So he's found a solution to compete with Hollywood. Hollywood's massive. Do you think Ben Shapiro sat there thinking like, Oh, I'm never gonna be able to compete with Hollywood. No, he built a team around him and he's managed to set up a platform. It might still in its infancy stages, but one day he's got the ambition to sort of compete with Hollywood.
1: Yeah. And he's getting all the right right, right eyes on it. And he is getting people to open their eyes to what's actually going on and then because, obviously, you can buy Disney Plus or you can go on Daily Wire. And, obviously, Daily Wire's not there yet. But he's already done it because he's done it to me. He's done it to people I know. Instead of signing up to Disney Plus, they're like, hold on a minute. like I've been made aware from YouTube or whatever sources that there's a problem with Disney Plus. Do I really want to sign up to it? No, I don't. And I'll wait until Daily Wire gets a bit better. And, yeah, I'll, I'll subscribe to it. It, things take time, and these lot are just doing this, like, sort of, to just gain... It's like they wouldn't just gain attention. It's like a kid. Like, they like... Remind me of little kids that uh, took in the toys out of prom because no one's listening to them. So, yeah, they might have started, like, a podcast, and, like, look at us, we've got 30 subscribers. They might have been like, right, fuck this. <laughs> subscribers are taking too long to grow. I'm going to go out and sit in the middle of the in the middle of the road. But imagine, I don't know, I must have seen 50 to 100 people doing this thing where they sat down on the road and stuff. Imagine getting all them people, instead of spending the time, wasting the time, sat on the road. Why not get them into a room and all of you work on a project like what Ben Shapiro's done with The Daily Wire, like what we're doing with Alternative. We're doing this with two people. Imagine we had 100 people in our sort of team that because they're putting their time over there, they can put their time into this. Maybe a little bit of money behind it to actually get it out there and they can start pushing a proper professional agenda, which people can respect.
0: Yeah, pushing for something instead of against something. And it might be, it won't get as much media attention. it will probably take maybe five to 10 years. I know their, their argument is that we don't have five to 10 years because. The climate issue is an issue now, but what are the ex- what what are you going to gain from sitting in a road? Yeah. Well, yeah, from everything I've seen about it,
1: I still don't know what to do. I still need to use my car, even though I work from home. I, I don't use, I'm limited on how I use my car. But if I was to be on my way to work, sat in that traffic jam, what the, what can I do? Do you want know I me mean? just to not use my car and not go to work and just starve and die? Because the world's built around this. It's not the average Joe's fault. Well, same thing. You're living in. Well, yeah, we're not happy with it, but <laughs> you have to play the game, or else you're gonna you're gonna die. But then, where do we stuff like this? Where, like, which is trying to push a certain agenda over, or trying to just create awareness for people. We're not hurting anyone. We're not pissing anyone off, although we do get a few raunchy comments. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah. They'll probably come with, uh, a, lot, a lot more as we get more yeah. subscribers and views, so. so just have to bear with that. Hit that subscribe button, <laughs> your raunchy comments. Uh. Yeah. I think like this conversation I've had reviews made me think about it, Like they're actually not fighting for a solution, they're fighting f- to cause a problem. About a a a problem that's already there, they're causing another problem. Which people have enough shit to deal with these days. Like, just let people fucking crack on with their lives. You guys go and put a team together and make a positive solution for the issue that you you feel so passionately about.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're obviously not intelligent enough to do that, and that's why they've sort of taken this road because. They're not intelligent enough to create something um, or grow something at least. And I don't know, man, there's people that are intelligent out there that don't agree with the way things are going and what are they doing? They're starting companies and trying to make sort of renewable energy or yeah, they're trying,
0: they're trying things. It's like, uh, there's this guy, I can't remember his name, but he's set up a company in America um, where he buys generic medicines. And sells them like at half the price that um, big far, big pharma sell them for. I can't remember. Next time on the podcast, remind me, and I'll bring I'll bring them up as an example. We can have a talk about them as well. <coughs> FDA um, approved. Yeah, it's so all generic. So when a medicine's made, it um, it has a patent for so long. I can't. Don't know how many years, maybe like 10 years, something. And then after that 10 years, it can be generically made so anybody can make it, anybody can distribute it. So he just gets those drugs that are. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, then yeah. sells them to the population for half the price, maybe even less than half the price.
1: Right. Okay. That's not just medicine, is it then, patents? They expire no matter what they are, right? Yeah, any drug. No, not even drugs, but because. Oh, patents in general, like tech patents and. Yeah, because obviously Disney had the patent for I mean, it was Winnie the Pooh was the oldest thing they've done and that patent's gone up. So anyone can make any Winnie the Pooh content now. So some <laughs> have you not seen what the new Winnie the Pooh movie looks like? No, because <laughs> the patent. <laughs> it's called Winnie the Pooh, blood, <laughs> blood and honey. Blood and honey. Blood and Honey, um, i well, images. Just...
0: <laughs> what the fuck?
1: <laughs> so it's like, it's a horror film now.
0: Yeah. This ain't no bedtime story. Is this out or is that next year? Uh, 2023, yeah. i <laughs> will actually watch this, it looks well funny. It... Because
1: yeah, so they're only allowed to do it now because the patent came up for Winnie the Pooh. All right.
0: That's well funny. So it's 2022 eh? there.
1: October 20, oh, it should be out now then.
0: Oh yeah, Halloween. It's a Halloween movie. What's it on?
2: Oh,
1: it's the cinema. Uh It's on Netflix. Oh no, this is the live action lovable one. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: don't know where it is. Maybe it's in cinemas then. I don't know where it's out. We'll find it. I can (laughs) imagine
1: there'll be some uh, people kicking off about it when it's out. Why? Because it's like fucking up something that everyone loves. (laughs) Because people like proper cling on to the classic Disney characters. Yeah, that's true. like the hope for them. Um, Right. Boston COVID-19 experiment. I don't know anything about this.
0: You don't know anything? You have even heard about it? No. All right. Fucking all right. So I think it's Boston University or a university in Boston, um, a research lab. I think it's in a university. Um, They developed a COVID-19 variant. And well, I the think they did is merge the omicron variant, so you know the very transmissible one, yeah, 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 with the first variant, the one that like caused the most deaths, yeah, and they gave it to mice and it killed eighty percent of the mice. oh shit,, yeah. but why like, why my thing, my first question is, why the fuck are they fucking around with this shit?
1: That's what they do in it. They just—that's <laughs> what the human species do. We... <laughs> so it w- so it will be as deadly as the first one, but as yeah. contagious as, the second as combined, yeah, second one combined, so more people will get it and more people will die from it. Mm. So, uh, has it leaked? No, it's not leaked.
0: It's not leaked. But they the just. Sb variant is that what it is? Um, I'm not 100% sure what the name is, but if you got an article up, you can bring it up on the
1: screen. Uh, yeah, there's Forbes one here. So gain-of-function experiments at Boston University create deadly new COVID-19 virus. Who thought this was a good idea? <laughs>
2: Yeah, it but, doesn't. I
0: don't get why. W- there's no need for it, is there? This is the random like thing to do. Like after there's a lot of allegations that it was already leaked from a lab in China, so they decide to fuck with it even more and make it even worse.
1: Yeah, He percent of the mouse died. Yeah, mice. Mice died. So obviously that doesn't mean eighty
0: percent of humans would die if it got released. Cause yeah, but it just
1: shows like it
0: shows how like deadly it is. deadly it can be.
1: Yeah, because humans are probably more much like, stronger to uh, fight this virus. Oh it's called the Omi-S. It might grow thirty times faster than. The garden variety on the country. I don't
0: know what that means grow. Does that mean. Does that mean grow inside? Like. Once it infects you, you get it. It multiplies quicker. 30 fold, yeah.
1: yeah. So if it multiplies quicker, then it's harder to fight off, right? The body. Yeah, I assume so. Everyone's going to be pissing around now trying to make the most deadly COVID.
2: Must have been some sort of experiment they were doing, like,
1: for a reason.
2: Yeah, but I don't know, I can't, I don't, does it, does it, it doesn't really explain why. Hmm.
0: You think that, um, it's like, this is like considered a bio weapon?
1: Sounds like it now, this is what it sounds like this, like. I don't... Boston Uni are doing it, but um, what if they let it out into China or something?
0: I don't get why they would release it, this information out into the public realm as well. Like, it's Forbes who are ran the article on it. It's not... Like, it's just mainstream media talking about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's all over. Yeah,
0: it's yeah, uh... there's, there's everywhere, yeah
1: i surprised you haven't heard about it. Oh, it was seven days
2: ago. I
0: thought this gain of function was, uh, wasn't legal.
1: Gain of function?
0: Yeah. was illegal? Yeah, I thought it was illegal. I thought it made it illegal in America to do gain of function research. That's why I did so, I've outsourced it to China.
2: All oh, right. I guess anyone mm,
1: could do what they've done, though. I don't know.
0: But yeah, I just thought I'd bring that up as a fucking weird thing. Yeah. After. Fair the weird. The pandemic we've just all been through.
1: Yeah, and then the way COVID came out anyway, or supposedly came out, was just. Yeah. This sounds like it's only a matter of time before it
0: somehow drops out of you. I don't know whether they, they release it to the news to make people like. It's another thing to be fucking worried about, isn't it? Mm.
1: Or to release it to make people aware of what it, what it is because it's might like they've only released half the story just to make people aware because it might they might know it's already been. <laughs> it's already been released, so they might have shit themselves. If that gets released, fucking hell, like,
0: will be uproar. Yeah.
1: Well then, they'll probably have to lock us down if it's like, killed 80% of mice and it's 30-fold. I don't know. Unless they say that you had to scare us to lock us down. Yeah. Covid didn't work properly, so they're going at it again. That's the problem, man, is we can't fucking believe anything. Yeah, you question every last thing. Definitely since COVID as well, like the first round of it all.
0: This is kinda of what I was saying though. Um I think in the last podcast. I think it's dangerous, like that they've got us to a point where we question everything and we're not believing anything. It's like the boy you cried wolf? Like he Cries Wolf twice. The third time there's actually a wolf and when he's crying he gets killed.
1: Yeah, like if a serious disease came out where we had to be locked down, do you know, like the fucking Black Plague and shit like that. Um, Everyone's gonna be like, fuck off. (laughs) It's similar to what you did with COVID, and it just ruined everyone. So no one's gonna wanna listen to them. Because there are serious things that can still happen. And it's the same thing with the war as well, with Russia. They're making us, they're making Putin out to be this maniac when they're the ones prodding him to do make the moves he's making. But, no, but they're lying completely about this Russian war. So everyone's for what's happening and against Putin. They lied about COVID. They lied about everything. And There's going to be something, a threat or a war. Say if China properly threat, uh, pose a threat to come and I blow up england or go to war with america we're all going to be like oh wh- why what's really going on or what is there or they have to go to china and fight we're all going to be like we're not fighting for your war it's a. it might be a serious war. we're not going to go and fight for the war because of what you did in afghanistan what you did in iraq what you did in syria Like you're going there to gain something like don't fucking piss us off anymore
0: they've lied so much we're just like just desensitized to whatever they say.
1: Yeah. So when there is a proper threat, then we're literally not going to care. Yeah. If that is actually, fuck, that's so dangerous, but like, the moves that they've made.
0: And I wouldn't, some of the population will still obviously care because you can see that some of the population still care about the issues that they're bringing to the table now.
1: Yeah. Well, as so a population, we just feel like it's less because we're in to this side of, yeah. the information we consume on a daily basis is
0: different. I'd say it's probably 30% of the population who think like we do, do you think?
1: Mm, I would say less.
0: Less? Yeah, you got to think... Good question people... shit. Huh? People that question stuff.
1: Yeah, I like, think like us, I'd say like, they've had their minds awakened or whatever. I wouldn't say it's 30% of people in Western world. I think we think it because of the information we consume all day, every day. And then the people we talk to, we don't talk to a wide range of people on a frequent enough basis, but when I'm in certain scenarios where I'm with people that I don't usually talk to, like in a group setting or some sort of event if I do talk to people and just drop in little, little hints here, just a test of water out on where they're thinking, it's all like, yeah, Putin's a fucking maniac, isn't he? All right. Yeah. Like, what's Putin's actual game plan here? Like, what's he want to achieve? It's all like that. And I'm like, well, he's just reacting to.
0: Well, the, the funny thing is though, like the people, some people I've been speaking to recently, they've like, I've dropped hints and they've dropped hints and we end up talking like about like fucking real shit. Like where what the stuff we're talking about now on the podcast. And I was in the gym today and I talked to the guy who owns the gym. Like, don't talk to him all the time because sometimes like I just want to I go let to train. I don't go there to like chit chat with him. But I thought I was saying to him anybody, I've not spoken to him for a while. So I'll take my headphones out next time I see him and have a chat with him. So I had a chat with him today and he was it was like a deep chat it was full of like, five minute chat. And he was going, oh, yeah, like, you talk about the war and all this shit. And I was thinking, fuck sake, it's half six in the morning. I can't be asked to talk about this right now. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, it's sort of like a massive part of me makes me feel like, everything's, like been set up and it's all, all the bullshit and all this stuff. And I think I didn't go into a deep conversation with him because I really couldn't be asked at half six in the morning. <laughs>
1: Just showed him the channel. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, but it, after he did that, I was thinking like, from work I was like oh, shit like he thinks it as well and like mm. some Yeah, well when you say 30%, um
1: I can't say if it is or not 30%, but one thing I can say is definitely a hundred percent growing.
2: Yeah.
1: Because so. like you've said before in the past as well, if you look at redacted, I think they've got nearly two thousand uh two million followers. Russell, Russell Brand's
0: Brand, got six million now,
1: just over six. Jordan Peterson's got like five mil or over five mil, but just on YouTube and he's got fan base like off YouTube as well. And then Joe Rogan obviously, um, but I know Joe Rogan doesn't just slam certain things. He talks about like a wide range topic, so his fan base will be multi-dimensional. Whereas Russell Brand's a good figure because. He's someone that's converted to this side of. I think
0: Russell Brand's growth is a good figure because you can see, like we followed him for a while, like yeah. where he was. Obviously, he was we are mainly folding because he was an actor and a comedian. Yeah, and I liked him because of that. And then he had that tra- uh, YouTube channel. The Trinity, I think it was called or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember it?
1: Yeah. Oh, I remember you talking about it, but I don't remember.
0: It. Yeah. yeah. Um, he mentioned it the other day in one of his uh, short videos. So the, you've got one guy that he works with and he was talking to that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is his new format, right? Yeah, his new format. And that guy I'd have a bit of a back and forth every now and then. Um, and he was talking to him and he was saying that you've been with me since like 2013, since we had the Trinity channel. And I was thinking, oh shit, that's what it was called. I think it was called, I can't remember if that was the exact name 2013 <laughs> that's nine years yeah but at that time he was like very against uh like wall street and stuff but his ideology changed a lot now he's grown as a person yeah he's been a bit more accepting
1: yeah 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 he's um matured a lot and probably a good lead into talking about Kanye West
0: yeah well scene. I was gonna say that as well
1: because like we had an awakening,
0: yeah. And I think the Lex Freeman interview, I know we're going to talk about it a bit more, but let me just pull a bit out from there. Uh, Lex Freeman says, um, that Kanye needs to be more accepting and show more love rather than hate. Whereas I think Russell Brand, when he got well, awoke, he showed a lot of hate, and now he's showing more love and he's trying to accept everybody for who they are rather than and try and bring everyone together rather than get a certain group and push back at another group. And I feel like in the interview with uh, Lex and Kanye, Lex was trying to push that over to Kanye to be more accepting and not get one group hating on another group. Get all the groups together to push against certain people, individuals.
1: Yeah, so what did you think about the Lex Friedman and Kanye interview?
0: Yeah, I thought it was good, I thought um, Kanye being Kanye was like very his thoughts like all over the place, he was a little bit more direct, I'd say, than he was when he came on Rogan. But I feel like a lot of shit's happened since he's been on Rogan. Um, I feel Lex kept him very grounded, which was with a character like that. I I never thought him and Lex would make a good interview together. But seeing them together, Lex is a very balanced character and didn't let Kanye go too far that way. And always like pulled him back in. And there's one moment in the pod which I was like, oh, fucking oh, like, surprised Lex isn't just going to end it here because Kanye starts like, do you remember that bit? It's towards Towards the the end. end. Yeah, Yeah. it's probably like the last quarter of the pod um, Kanye's like kicking off at him and then, but Lex pulls it around. Like it stays calm all the way through. Um, helps Kanye feel calm. Um, you can see that he was upset when Kanye said he didn't trust him. Well, I could, when Lex was talking, I fucking felt bad for Lex. Like he looks like I genuinely upset by it. Cause Lex, he didn't do anything wrong, but Kanye, I could see where Kanye was coming from because he was pushing, Lex was pushing the, like, the agenda that everyone else had been pushing on him and he's fed up with it. Even though Lex is balanced, but he was just basically telling Kanye, like don't say that because you're going too far. Like when you look back in, at the Holocaust, it was a fucking dark time for Jewish people. Like, and you just need to remember that like, I have some, like, basically, basically time to have a bit of a uh, empathy for it. Yeah, exactly.
1: Empathy. Yeah. Yeah. What I thought, what I felt like was, um, Kanye, Ye, Kanye West, he's definitely on the right tracks with what he's saying. Um, for the most part, but you need to look past the dumb way he articulates himself um, because his points, make sense. They do sound a little bit crazy, but I don't think he's crazy. I just think he's confused. I think he's very lost in himself. But he's a guy that like I think he said was he 19 when he turned went into the music industry and he's been considered a genius for all these years in the music industry, which fair enough, he, he wasn't a genius in the music industry. So what? Well, how old is he now? He's like must be
0: 45. I think he
1: said in the pub or 45. So that's like 25 years of being known as a genius because it was only shortly after he started, right? He was like at the top of his game and he kept that that rhythm going the whole time. And then he gets to a point where he realizes like the cars, the money, the girls doesn't mean shit and there's so much more that's going on in the world that needs our attention and we don't need to be focusing our attention on. Holy shite, basically. And he's a fashion icon. He's a genius within fashion um, to a certain extent. And he's now having to restart and learn a whole new industry. And he's no longer the big fish anymore. He's now the little fish. And I think it's messing with his head a bit because he's coming into it thinking in his head saying, I know like, some shit's going on. And he's intelligent enough to realise that some shit's going on but he needs to learn like the ins and outs of what's actually going on because there's so many like, what, what's it called? Do you know, it's like a maze. There's so many dead roads where, that you're going to go down in this industry. That don't actually lead anywhere because of how booked and how covered everything is and how many people have different opinions on stuff. It's so crazy. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. He's going to hit like
0: a lot of dead ends mm. and have to come back on himself to then find yeah. what he's looking for in the middle. Um, yeah, and like, one thing like he's what you're right and what you're saying like he's been considered a genius all of his life, and then to be coming to like the political realm, and still expect to be considered a genius when I know he's got these ideas, but really he doesn't. He's not a genius in this yet. But give it five ten years after he's learned and made his mistakes, then he could become a genius. But one thing. Lex said to him which i thought was a valid point is you need people around you you can trust people who can tell you when you're going too far or you're doing something wild um just to keep him grounded and i think having let if he worked with Lex i think Lex could be that character for him
1: yeah 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 um but
0: well, he's so
1: sort of he's got a l- We've talked a lot of, on the podcast as well about ego. His ego is extremely high. He's got a lot of work, like pers- he needs to do a lot of personal development on himself to bring his ego down whilst learning. I well, mean, we're,
0: we're. I don't think he needs to bring his ego down because I think people with big egos are the ones that make a big, a big difference. I think he needs to control his ego.
1: Ground himself a little bit. Yeah.
0: Mm. Have control of it. When to have a big ego, when not to have a big ego. Like those sort of things, he needs to be like humble himself now and say, that I'm trying to get into politics, but I'm not there." Yet. Instead of thinking I'm already there, I can be president in 2024. Well, you can't be because he's not ready for it. You can see he's still very raw.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. But he, I, I do, I do not think he's crazy though. I just think he's going through a very, like, a very, a very much a confused phase in his life, but well, he's definitely like, he's on the right grounds with everything.
0: Well, when Lex asked him, he goes, uh, it was about something that he wants to do. And then Kanye goes like, oh, do you think I can do it? And Lex goes, I oh, know you can do it, I can see it in your eyes. So I think like, obviously we, can't, we don't get that feeling through the pod, because a lot of the time I was just listened to it anyway, I wasn't really watching it. Um, but for someone to say, "I can see it in your eyes," like it's a big thing that shows like he's got the determination to to do it. It just needs he needs a team around him. I think. But we'll see. it will be interesting to see how he develops as a as a these next few years. Yeah, I think we've
1: because of our journey and the way we're analysing people that like we're analysing. Um, Russell Brand just then it took him nine years to get to this stature that he's at and them nine years he would he, oh, we know he said stuff wrong but he learns from it and he, and he and he understands like why certain things he said are wrong we say stuff that are wrong in two years time shit that we've said in the podcast over the last couple of months we're gonna look back on him and think fuck I wish I knew the shit I knew now back then because that's the way of the journey Kanye doesn't feel like he he's not embracing the journey He just wants to be there and he's saying all these controversial things as if he's trying to make a statement that he is there now, but he's not. Because he's a bit um, like Eddie Bravo, in a sense. Um, He says the most fucking ridiculous things because they have a potential to be true. Whereas he's not weighed up all of the other factors that go into something.
0: Yeah, at the minute he's just saying shit to gain clout and popularity. Um, yeah, I think we'll see what happens with him. it will be an interesting
2: sort of watch.
0: I think from the interview I got that he wants to be like an Elon Musk character. He seems to idolise Elon Musk. He kept talking about him quite a bit and yeah. Steve Jobs. He he called he, he
1: uh, idolises engineers. Yeah. Um, he needs to engineer his mind.
0: <laughs> but um, but what did you agree with what he said? Should kids only be taught engineering at school? Um, uh, no. Yeah. I, I didn't agree with that either. But, well, I
1: went into the pod thinking, stereotyping him because everyone's calling him crazy and I did get little crazy vibes off him in the Rogan podcast. So as soon as I listened to the Lex podcast, because I was Lex, like Lex, I'd love to see how he interviewed this guy because I'm liking Lex more and more when he has these challenging guests on because it wasn't Zuckerberg, there's was someone else that he had on which was a challenging guest and he interviewed him very well, I forgot who it was. So but when I put it on and the first thing Kanye says is I think school should just dismiss everything and just teach engineering. And then when Lex response was he went through it a couple of times because he kept talking about history and Lex was like, and you still think they need to take history out of school. They don't need to take history out of school. They just need to teach pure history, not just select history.
0: Yeah. That's the problem, though. I know, I understand what kind of you're saying about only teaching engineering because it's just pure facts. There's no subjectivity around it. Whereas history, anything where there's subjectivity involved is you can easily indoctrinate children with it. So that, well, I guess that's what he's saying. But then if you just train kids just to be engineers, then you're just going to be like robots.
1: Yeah, they're all going to think just subjectively and uh, <laughs> I think they're just thinking logically
0: and logically
1: and they won't ever think outside of the box because they're yeah. only tuned into a
0: box. Whereas, I guess this comes on to our final question. About philosophy. Um, so, can propose the question? Should do you want to propose it? You want to read the whole thing out? Yeah, read the whole thing.
1: Uh, okay. Education is structured so people can't question what they learn. Should philosophy be taught earlier in schools to inspire children to question more? Should teachers need to learn philosophy before they can teach?
0: Yeah, so like relating this back to the Kanye and um, Kanye's point about just teaching engineering, I think some level of philosophy should be taught at school alongside logical thinking as well. If you just teach kids philosophy, then yeah, nothing will get done. Everyone just be pondering. <laughs> um, also I think as a society, you need to be sort of careful how much philosophy you teach them
2: because in a society, you need some level of structure as well. So I think some that's
0: a difficult thing what to teach children because me as a person, I want to know everything. But a kid doesn't need to know everything. And if they got those questions later on in life, then they can go and find them out themselves. Well, you got to
1: relate it back to when you was a kid, because I know when I was a kid, didn't think how I think today, but I feel like philosophy has pushed me to think the way I think today, and the way I think today is quite well. We do this; it's it's just a discussion, out of the box thinking. We just say if whatever's going on, and we just tear it to pieces on the good parts of it, the bad parts of it, what it means, what could happen from it, uh, what's led to it. We absolutely like d- decipher just a talking point. When I was a kid, I didn't, you, you don't know that that's an option. And obviously, you're a kid, so you're learning everything. Say, if you're what, seven, eight years old, and you're taught maths, you're taught two plus two is three. Um, no, four. <laughs> two plus two is four. And that's it. And it's like, we, even in English, we decipher books, but we still decipher it in a way where it's like, this is the true meaning of it, or this is what he meant by it, not. What do you think he meant by it? The the yeah. criteria to pass no, exam. the exam. Yeah. Like yeah, gone. Yeah, go on. the criteria to pass the exam is. And he didn't mean that, and it's like fuck you, man. This is English. This is literature. Like
0: it's how yeah. how you, you and yeah. how you as a person, individual, interpret it through your own like experiences in life. Like, and you've re- read that book. Yeah. How do you look at it, and how do you feel about it? Not, this is the right answer.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's where I think like, that's why I put the question in because when they were having an interview and he was talking about what should be taught in schools, I was thinking, fucking philosophy needs to be taught. And it's, I know what you mean, like you don't wanna to teach too much so everyone's fucking walking around in the grass barefoot, fucking writing in their journals all day. But you wanna teach enough to make people think right, like the teacher's saying something to you. you. You shouldn't feel like an idiot to say, well, what about this? Or what well, have you thought about that? And it should open up the schools to have these debates like we're having here and teach people by having debates, like having class debates. Because I remember when I was in school, you couldn't debate. You couldn't You couldn't say, well, what, what the fuck's that about? Or even in, I remember history, I used to enjoy history, but whenever I used to question my teachers, you always used to be like, that's just not right.
0: Yeah, and then if, it's open to debate, and the teacher's willing to debate with the student as well. The student's going to feel way more engaged than just being told writ stuff written on a blackboard or you've been told to read this book. But if everybody's there discussing what they think about it and how they feel like, how it should be interpreted,
2: kids will be a lot... The society
0: will have a lot more free thinkers in it, which obviously the government this current stru- government structure and our political structure we've got now, they don't want people to be free thinkers, that's probably why i not taught kids aren't taught it. but what if we had a society where people could be free thinkers, and would it lead to like anarchy like would there be any structure in society if everybody's a free thinker? because then they'd be like some people agree with what's going on. Some people disagree with it. Another group disagree with it, and then everyone like sort of. But would society be more diverse than it is today? Hmm. I guess that
1: is something we will probably never know unless it happens, because I don't even think it is possible to imagine that world.
0: Or would it be? Do- because everyone's a free thinker, they're open to hear other people's points of view and happy to get along with people with opposing points of view.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does sound like the ideal world in the sense that
0: the life's too th- complicated for yeah such a simple fix. Fix like
1: yeah, but I get it. The schools just want to generate people that. Because the school system set up, so you go through school, you learn shit that is on the syllabus, or whatever it's called, syllabus. Yeah. Uh, and then you go to high school, choose your GCSEs, then you go to college and go into depth in summer, then go to uni, go even more depth. And then bam, you're out in your office, like your box office, doing what you've sort of narrowed down school to that you sort of enjoyed the most and you can benefit the most financially from. And then you're in your box office doing that until retirement age and then you retire, then you're dead and then it's like, bring the next ones in and we're just going to keep pushing this engine of fucking slave labor <laughs> and keep telling them, oh, you need a new car, guys, you need a brand new Mercedes, work harder and then we'll give you a promotion so you can get your brand new Mercedes and that's just a wave of people coming out of the educational institute into work. And it's like the corporate landscape of work is just work harder, work harder, and you can get more materials. You can get more materials, to so figure out, you can get this, but don't fucking, you can't think, you can't use your mind. You need to be fully focused on this from, and it's like, you probably will be working like 18 hour days to try and hit the next promotion to get the better car or the nicer house or the financial freedom that is so sexy in that part of the world. But it comes at a cost that, yeah, but you can't actually think, <laughs> you can't use your head yeah. unless and it's think, like work devoted.
0: Like I 100% agree, like with what you're saying, like, I prefer to not be stuck in that like, system, hence why we're on this journey. But I think some people in society like that security of knowing where their life's going. They know they're going to get the monthly paycheck, they know all they got to do is turn up to work at nine, leave at five, have weekends off, go on two holidays a year, have a car, have a house, have a wife, kids, retire at 65. People like to know that that is what their life is and they've got some kind of security from it, whereas I've tried it and it is i could tell it wasn't agreeing with me like just the way my mind works like i don't like just being sat down somewhere being told what to do so hence why i've stepped out of it but found a way out there's a lot of people probably like me and you who don't like it but are they trying to find a way out of it
1: yeah 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 you like, have to, to take away way out are they
0: because it's easy to get stuck
1: in it because of the security part of it. And the fact that most people are materialistic because we were materialistic. Well, I can say I definitely was materialistic, but then you come to a point where you start looking at the alternative way of living and you've just got to put in the graft of slowly detaching yourself away from what's pushed on you throughout most of your life. I mean, we're lucky because were relatively young to be jumping on this journey. If you want to look at Kanye and the experience he's been through, it's going to be a lot harder for him to detach himself from that side of life that he had to the life he's going to be progressing now. But I remember like when I was in school, I, fucking, I hated school and it was like, right, you finished school, what you should we do next? I didn't feel ready to work, so i go to college. Finished college, still didn't feel ready to work, so then I went uni. Finished uni, then got a job, and I was like, Well, it wasn't a job in marketing straight away. And I remember whilst I was working, I was always like, Well, this ain't it. Like, <laughs> I need to progress to the next level, which was a marketing job. And then I got a job in marketing, and which I did my degree in. And then I was thought, Right, I've hit it now. I've got my job doing that. And I was like, No, nah, this ain't it. And then I was thinking, I need to get some sort of promotion or become like a manager here. And putting graft into that. And I was just like, ah, oh, this defo ain't it. But cause I was doing my freelance work where it was all sort of my own work. I thought like, this is it. So when furlough came and I had the security to detach from work and then go into um, furlough, um freelance full time, it was only a matter of time before I was like, this ain't it, like it needs to be something else. Like I need to grow this company. This company needs to grow. But then I was thinking, I've had this feeling like, throughout my whole life of this ain't it. There's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. When in fact, it's not, I don't need more, I need less. I need to get out of that race and chasing. Yeah, the rat race. The rat race, yeah. I need to get out of that and put myself into something I believe in and something that I can learn, develop and help other people and something community-based rather than marketing. Like, yeah, I do marketing. and. I don't, it's not going to be something I do for the rest of my life because I don't actually agree with marketing because it's just funding. It's just, uh, you're advertising materialistic.
0: Don't tell your clients that.
1: (laughs) Ah, they all know it anyway. Everyone knows what it is. It's just making people spend their money on a false sense of
0: fulfillment. I think for me, what I like about being like self-employed is everything's like, on sort of my terms, like if I want to take that extra case on, that, I take it on. If I don't, then I don't. Whereas when you're employed, like, and if I want to get my work done as fast as I can and have the afternoon off, like, yeah, I chose. But if you're at work, like, you get your work done by one, you can't just fucking say, all right, I'm done now, go home. Yeah, you're gonna have more work for you to do. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. We'll pay you more for it though, though. Yeah same salary, but they've got yeah. more work. So why are you going to take, why are you going to get all your work done by one when you can you get away with getting it done by five?
1: Yeah. Or even just letting that same project just span over the full week. Yeah. Because there's no, there's no sense of fulfillment in finishing something because it's like, all right, here's the next one. Whereas self-employment is like, right, I finish something, get paid for it. Do the next one, get paid for it. It's a, the Transaction. transaction's fair, isn't it?
0: Yeah. It's like transactional work and the person, the people that you're working for are essentially clients that are on the same level as you, Mm. They're giving you work. You're providing a service to them. They're giving you work. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you don't want to work with them anymore, you can say to them, I don't want to work with you anymore. If they don't want to work with you anymore, they say to you, I don't want to work with you anymore. Yeah. That's the end of that. No problem. And you move on
1: to your next venture
0: or fill that gap with something else. Um... Well, one thing I like, like, since I've, made the switch I've got more time to do like the things I actually want to do. Mm. Whereas when I was working in like the city, my commute was an hour. So that's two hours a day gone. Yeah. So I get, leave home at half seven, get home at half six, almost 12 hours of my day just gone. Yeah.
1: And then you would be so tired that imagine we were doing this. And it, yeah, we we record this at seven p.m. ish. But imagine you come on at half six, you cook or eat or whatever you're doing. Before you know it, it's about half seven, eight. Like earliest, you're not gonna. You yeah, you might force yourself to sit down and do this, but you're not gonna do it with the open mind which you've got
0: right now. Yeah, you will be knackered and you just mm. you're just thinking about going to bed and thinking about the next day. Started all over again. Yeah. So, but yeah, like like I was saying anyway. Back to the point is, I think some people find comfort in that kind of way of life, and I think without those kind of people, society wouldn't be as structured as it is. Even though we've made the choice and took the risk to pull out and do our own things, yeah, society wouldn't be able to continue the way we know it today if yeah, people like that weren't there. Yeah, so. <clears throat> I think like maybe from a, a like a perspective, I would see it as like, I would like if everybody thought similar to me and wanted like for free thinking and didn't just go to work and then watch the news and be brainwashed by the news because the government won't be, have as much control over the population. Yeah. But then from a, like a selfish perspective, that's what's making the world go around at the moment.
1: Yeah, so it brings us back to what the sort of original talk track is throughout the last couple of podcasts is this can't work in a capitalist society, we need to look at an alternative that will allow for free thinking, and yet still develop the world. And just allow for people to get out of the chains that they're stuck in the world tie, the the system.
0: Tie, you know. I trusted big tech more or tech companies. I would hope AI and auto, um, AI and robotics would fix the issue of people having to work. All oh, right. Yeah, but then they'll just kill us. But then there's no
1: need for people. Yeah. And then the AI will figure that out and then there'll be war of the worlds.
0: But looking at it like a positive light, like, it would be good if AI came in, tech and um, robotics came in. Did all like the jobs, service industry, manufacturing, all that was taken away. Mm. People got. See, this is where I don't know where hard to dispute money effectively.
1: Well, I think what you're saying sounds good, but it also sounds like the great research as well.
0: Where it's like you don't. Yeah, that's when you fall in. That's what I mean. Then you fall into like social credit systems.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Which. See, when AI and robotics is going to happen. So. Yeah. We can't think of like society now and try and think of a system that would work now.
1: We need to. We need to a system that would work that. in
0: 15, 20 years' time when AI and robotics are just probably. Yeah, or on the incline, maybe close to its peak. Um obviously this is what the WF are thinking about, and they're putting things in place for when society does reach that point, then society can still continue, or if they want to get yeah. rid of it, I don't know what they're playing the right them. game
1: for what they want because they are gonna the global elites want the control, so that yeah, they're they're working out where Society's headed where technology's advancing to and yeah, setting up everything in order now. So in fifteen years time when more and more jobs get taken off. Because we're seeing it now, jobs are getting taken. Like lowest end jobs are being taken at the moment. But I have reckon it's gone up a tier or so because there's a few other jobs which are getting lost too as well. Um they're setting it all up so as soon well, like, there's gonna be a gradual like decline of jobs and an uprise of Technology taken over, but then by that time their new system will be in place. So everyone, they they the they'll be the masses in control. Like they can afford to do it because that's where all the wealth is. Yeah,
2: that's
0: a. It's a weird one. Um, read that article. Yeah, I'll read it.
1: Alternatives to capitalism. I think we should read it like and then have a discussion about the alternatives to capitalism again because we had one last podcast, but let's do it again.
0: Yeah, maybe we should read that and read a couple more things and get other people's perspectives and try and figure this shit out.
1: Maybe we'll do a special, like we just talk about that the whole time.
0: Yeah, because we can go into quite a bit of depth on it. There's a lot of shit I'm thinking about right now that I can't even piece together properly.
1: Yeah, I need to
0: write some ideas down.
1: Um, should we wrap this one up? Yeah. All right, guys, yeah. thanks for listening.
0: Cheers, guys. See you uh, next week, I think. We're doing next week. Next week. Yeah, we're doing them weekly now. Yeah, weekly. Yeah, We're going back, back to weekly. Um, for those of you who've been with us from uh, the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. for those who've been with us since, when was the first one? August, September.
1: Our first podcast?
0: No, our, our uh, fortnightly one.
1: Oh, right. Uh, September. Yeah, so I mean, the majority of our subscribers
0: came back in, a, well, for the majority of our subscribers, it was September. We've been doing it fortnightly, but now we're doing it weekly. So
1: Yeah, and obviously we've got the book clubs as well, so check out the channel for the book club if you are And share
0: it share this podcast with all you need. Yeah, Like, comment, and subscribe. See you later. Bye. Right, see you in a bit.